Hello and welcome. My name is Tina Ryan and thanks for tuning in into the Property Report podcast by Property Guru. I will kick off this podcast with a fact. Now, according to the UN, nearly 70% of people will be living in cities by 2050. As the world's cities continue to grow exponentially, they become more at risk of overcrowding resulting in cities with ever-expounding boundaries and greater damage to our environment. As construction increases, so does its carbon footprint, with more people seeking life in the city. So how do we accommodate that change while keeping our carbon footprint at an acceptable level? One response is the growing movement for small footprint living which many say goes hand in hand with affordability and sustainability. Today's guest is Colin Chi, founder of Never Too Small, a media company dedicated to small footprint design and living with an incredibly popular YouTube channel, which currently boasts over 2 million subscribers and counting, including me. Hello, Colin, and welcome. Thank you for having me, Tina. Now, before we start... 2.2 2.2 million, not 2 million. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, Congratulations. Kidding. And that Thank wasn't you. too long ago when I subscribed. So that is a very fast growth for you. Congratulations. Thank you for subscribing. Now, before we start, please tell us a little more about yourself. Well, I'm Colin G, the creator and also the creative director for the YouTube channel, Never Too Small. And I'm based in Melbourne and I live in a 40 square meters apartment in Melbourne CBD or Melbourne City. First things first, for those who are unfamiliar with the concept, can you please explain what you mean by small footprint design and give us some context for how it has grown in popularity as a lifestyle choice over the past few years? Sure. Small footprint living is the ecological impact of human activities. Um, So housing that's built on this value is naturally smaller and with a sense of community and essentialism. And uh, Never Too Small uh, is a YouTube channel dedicated for small footprint design and living and uh, featuring designers and their small footprint architectures and interior design projects. And um, through small design and creative use of space, we can transform the way we live and also interact with our growing cities, uh, tackling urban overcrowding issues globally while improving the quality of life. And um, just to bring back to your point as well, uh, there are at the moment, there are 4.4 billion people live in the cities globally, and that's about 56% of us live in the cities. And every week, there's 1.5 million people move into the cities. And this will continue to be the case as long as cities continue to be the magnet for opportunities and employment. If this trend continues to go on, and by 2050, there's 50, uh, 68% of us will be living in the cities. That's rough, roughly about 7 in 10 of us. And the ideas of keep expanding our cities to house our growing populations have never produced any positive outcomes globally uh, in terms of ecologically, economically, and also socially. So um, how can we adapt a lifestyle that can meet the environmental demands yet not compromise our modern life? And one of the many ways to do it, also the simplest way that everyone can do it is to live smaller. To put it simply, to live smaller or by living small means everything become automatically more sustainable. Uh, we're going to use less energy, less footprint, less emission, less materials to build them and eventually become more affordable. And there's also 
uh, is why it become also attractive to so many people. Now, some people would consider living in a small space a disadvantage. To counter that perception, what would you say are the advantages to homeowners of small space living? Can can it work for everyone? Small space living really requires a very considered way of designing. Uh, it needs to suit the person who lives in that. You know, the, their lifestyle and also what they need. And most of the projects that we feature on Never Too Small are mainly mainly designed for singles, couples, or small families. But the beauty about small space design ideas is that you can always apply them to a bigger space or bigger house. But it doesn't go the other way around. You can't use the big house idea and try to apply them into small space design. So with Never Too Small, we want to debunk the misconception of um, small living. And to showcase the immense benefit of living small, so we really want to rewrite the better the house. Oh, sorry, the bigger the house, the better. To clever ideas that can turn small homes into heavens. Small footprint living is. What's the second question? Is it for everyone? Yes, is it for everyone? Yeah, um, small footprint living is definitely not for everyone. Um, well, in contrary, so is big footprint living. We really need to ask ourselves a few questions before we make a decision whether a big living or small living is more suitable for us. You know, such as where do you work, and then where do you see yourself in five years or ten years time? Are you planning to have a family in the future? Is it going to be a large family or more like a husband and wife and the kids situations, or you are more planning just to have a life with your partner or just by yourself? And um, and also. The question like, do you like the vibrancy or the convenience of a city that has to offer to you, or are you the person who like bigger space and bigger houses? So these are the questions we need to ask ourselves. And small footprint living is definitely not for everyone, you know. And uh, but with never too small, we just want to provide another perspective that small living can be as enri- as enriching as um, living in a bigger house. And also has more benefits than one would typically think about small living. Honestly, Colin, I live in a 45 square, and I'm having a hard time cleaning it. I can't imagine living in a bigger place. <laughs> But for the third question, on the flip side, what are the reasons why a developer should consider building micro homes as an alternative to more traditional uh, developments? And what do developers need to do to pitch? Um, this concept to buyers. We need different types of housing developments in our cities to cater for different people from different backgrounds and also social standards. We can't just continue to build micro homes because we think it's the trend now or because it's more uh, profitable. Because micro homes is not suitable for everyone, like I just mentioned before. And um, small homes and small apartment design is a very considered way of designing because we all live so differently. And um, one of the mistakes or disadvantages that I've seen uh, in a lot of small homes or small apartments design is that the developer tends to overdesign them, and uh, such as you know sometimes the kitchens are too big or the wardrobes are too big. They add on big kitchen on big wardrobe, thinking is a main selling point for people who live in small spaces. But then everyone, not everyone, wants to have a big kitchen. Some people they don't cook; they want to eat outside. Yeah, you know. Have takeaways more and buy their food outside. While someone, some people who live in small spaces, 
maybe they are an artist, they require a space for a studio. Maybe they don't need such a big kitchen or big wardrobe. Like from my personal experience, when I moved into my first um, studio apartment is that the developer create um, such a big wardrobe that I don't really need. And uh, when I moved in, I had to take away the wardrobe and put a smaller IKEA wardrobe for myself. And that during that process, I created more waste than I needed. And um, so I hope developers who are building or designing small footprint homes in the future, try not to over-design them and give the future homeowners or people who buy off plans the flexibility to make changes to the space that, uh, that suits their lifestyle. And uh, maybe we can involve buyers during the early stage, um, early design process to give the buyer a chance to have a say how they would like the apartment to be. And uh, if they want to have a bigger or smaller kitchens, and the kitchens can be modular so they can change the different configurations. And if they want to have a sliding door, they can separate the living room and also the bedroom. But if they want to have a more open space, maybe the big sliding doors can open so they can feel, make the small space feel a bit more airy. And um, extra storage space is always a plus for small space living. So developers maybe can think of, they can find a bit of a nook and crannies in the apartment buildings that they can put storage cache or maybe you can dedicate one levels, create all the storage for every apartment units and um, hopefully try not to create small space living like a hotel environment, which I see a lot in Australia. So forget about swimming pool or gyms, create more community spaces like rooftop garden and veggie patch or maybe a bit of playgrounds if you know that there are different types of housing and small families going to live in there. And um, so, you know, there are a few developers in Melbourne that involve their buyers in, the, in their early stage of um, designing their apartment buildings. And so the buyers also have a chance to meet their future neighbors. And I think that idea is so amazing. Okay, Colin, can you please expand on the sustainability and environmental advantages of small spaces or small space building and living. And if you can please talk a little about why you think these are critical to the future of our cities. Globally, we dig out some 100 billion tons of raw materials from the earth each year. And 50% of those go into our built environment. And the construction waste account for one third of our global waste and 40% of our carbon emission. That's huge. If anything we need to change to tackle our climate emergency now is to make changes to how we build our future homes and our future cities. By densifying our cities without overcrowding and by not expanding our cities any further, we can reduce the raw materials needed in our built environment, like new roads, new bridges, new water and energy networks, etc. And small footprint livings definitely can reduce our consumption in terms of energy that's required to run them, the materials that required to build them. And when it comes to smaller homes as well, that also means it requires less things to fill them, for example, furniture and appliances. And because of the limited space, we become more mindful as a consumer each time when we want to make a purchase on anything really. And with that, we can reduce the waste and definitely can have a positive impact on our environment. Okay, um, our next question is, what other initiatives do you believe are fundamental to creating livable cities in the future? 
there's no one size fits all solutions when it comes to create uh, a livable cities in the future because every countries and every cities they are so different in terms of climate and also culture and of course for cities in general we have to figure out figure out better public transport system implement better or safer pedestrian and bike friendly lanes and um, we also need more different types of housing options that's including affordable housing options and mixed housing options as well plant more trees and have more public spaces for the community to hang out etc these are some of the few examples when we normally talk about when we talk about building the future cities but from developers point of view or perspective when it comes to designing our new buildings maybe we can consider if we can build new buildings that's flexible what i mean here for example if we are to build an office building uh, apart from functioning as an office between the office hour nine to five or eight to six can can it be turning into a yoga studios or community centers um, after hours that can be used by the local communities so we have a more flexible space within our cities itself and um, can we reduce waste in the way we build our new buildings um, for example if we knock down our old buildings in the cities can we salvage some of the existing materials from the old buildings and reuse them in our new construction we also need new buildings that are well insulated and resilient to cope with our climate change. Involve local communities or indigenous community in the design process to make sure that the new design doesn't clash with the existing fabrics of the society. So they don't stand out like an alien spaceship in the middle of the neighborhood. We can try to source more local materials and resources and utilize the talents of your local community. May them be designers, builders or carpenters or even architects. We really need to build a future cities that can thrive for not only human, but also nature and wildlife. And we should design a future city that celebrates culture, diversity and inclusivity. Thank you, Colin. I have so many more questions, but I think I will save it for the summit in Bangkok. Um, and Jay. thank you so much for the fascinating <laughs> insight into small space living, a very important topic at Property Guru. If you wish to continue this discussion, please join our speakers at our upcoming Property Guru Asia Real Estate Summit event on the 8th of December. For more information, visit asiarealestatesummit.com. <laughs>